Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Ralph from Yellow Fitness in Leesburg, Virginia. Welcome to the show, Ralph. How are you today? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to have you here to learn more about what you have going on um, over at Yellow Fitness, what has worked for you, what some of your challenges have been, all that good stuff that we can really listen to and take great information away from. But before we dive down that path, give me some background, Ralph. A brief background. What was it that led to you going and opening up Yellow Fitness? A love for fitness. Um, I left 24 years in the corporate world and boy, I had a nice run. I represented a Fortune 500 company in 44 different countries for 19 years. Starting at 21 years old, I was around the world five or six times before I hit 25. House in the suburbs, um, uh, owner's rep project manager for AT&T for five years to the month. And then when I found myself needing to reinvent myself for the second time, I had been a gym rat for 30 years and personal training was kind of a new profession out on the street. And I said, I want to do something I always felt that I wasn't getting reimbursed as much as uh, I was worth. And there's a litmus test to that. Start your own business. And I found out I was willing to pay myself more than they were willing to pay me. <laughs> so that's yeah. two things got me started. The hunger for money and the love for fitness. I love that because, you know, there's usually a couple of different types of gym owners. Somebody who's in it for the money. Somebody who's in it because they want to change people's lives. And then there's some of, us, some of us like you, and I would say I'm kind of in that category too, where it's like, I definitely want to do both. I want to make good money and I want to change some lives and help people because I love fitness so much. So I pair the two and I loved it. I'd love to hear that that's what really got you started. So now, you know, you've been running Fairyello Fitness for 18 years, right? 18 years. Yeah. So give us your elevator pitch of Fairyello Fitness. Tell us who you are. What services that you provide? Paint a picture for our listener here. So we do uh, a full body fitness. There's three aspects to um, uh, fitness. There's uh, strength, flexibility, and cardiorespiratory. We, we um, focus in on the strength and that strength consisting on not just radial strength, which is rampant in the gym, but uh, the balance and the core exercises. So we do a really thorough, symmetrical, um, full body fitness. And um, we do it in an enjoyable manner. Uh, people start coming back um, no longer because they feel they need to do it for health reasons or vanity reasons, but it's their favorite part of the week. They love the sessions. So we managed to supply that aspect to them also. Okay. Um, our, our rates are competitive. Um, so uh, they don't do any better um, rate-wise going to the big box gyms. 
But as far as the personal touch, boy, they get it by us. They walk into a family over here. Um, our retention is in the ionosphere. 18 years in business, I've got clients that have been with me for 18 years. And pre-COVID, when I was doing 150 trainings a week on average, just prior to COVID, say 16 years in business, dozens and dozens and dozens of my clients had been with me for um, 10 years and over. Okay. Nobody so, offers this but me. You got to come to me for all that. Yeah. So, you know, what would you consider, Ralph, to be your bread and butter service? Is it the personal training or what would you say is kind of like where a majority of the revenue in the business is coming from? Uh, Brooke, I'm not sure I fully understand that question. The uh, deliverable product is fitness and it's a hard thing for people to achieve on their own right um they um they do surveys every year and it comes out the same everybody's new year's resolution every january is to get fit and um 90 of those people disappoint themselves in the short run they want it they really want it they don't achieve it um, somehow we get our clients coming back over and over again and we achieve it here. And that is a big, and then once, once they um, come back for the opening months, the weight starts washing off. Um, our bodies are real, very receptive to fitness. It likes what we're doing. It gets real strong, real fast. And people start racing toward their, their personal best. And let me give that a caveat. The very first thing we see in the morning as our reflection in the mirror, most people, especially that start to move into middle age, um, don't like what they see. And I'm here to tell you that's a horrible way to start your day. Um, my clients not only like what they see, but um, they start buying clothes, fitted clothes around um, their new physiques or their new figures be it a man or a woman, they get undressed in front of a full-length mirror. And we're not talking vanity here. The next hour they spend in front of the mirror, maybe. But um, that process of getting their day started and liking what they see now sends them out into the world with the uh, perfect mental place for them to be in. Um, and um, fit people are very well received out there. So it's just constantly reinforced walking into Starbucks, walking into the office, walking in front of a client, saying hello to that person that you would like to meet. It's all reinforced. People love fitness. Yeah, absolutely. So like you guys are guiding them the way. And that's something that I really, really appreciate because with health and fitness, there's so many people in the world that have no idea how to even get started. So personal training is the perfect way for us to give our clients a direct approach to help them reach whatever goal that they have in mind. So it sounds like personal training is a very big part of what you guys do. Do you offer open gym or group training at all? Uh, we do not. Um, I did uh, some boot camps to um, a small degree of success over the years. Um, uh, now, um, one third of my business is one-on-one -on -one personal training. Two thirds of my business are partner trainings. 
Um, when I first started training 18 years ago, I got really good at this and people started staying with me and it changed their lifestyle. And those married people, um, I started seeing marriages in distress, okay? Because the other partner was not doing it. So I started encouraging the other partner to come in at a reduced rate. So I didn't charge twice as much. If my best personal rate was um, $75, my partner rate was $99. Okay. And it worked better than I thought. So I started getting a gym. Two thirds of my clients were uh, couples. And that was something to behold. Those married people now went from taking their vacation on cruises to taking it together um, horseback riding out west, hiking in Europe, doing physical activities. And um, it really worked well. I mean, it, it gave me so much uh, satisfaction to see um, what I had started. Yeah. Um, so two thirds, two thirds were partners. I, I love the partner training in the industry. We call that semi-private because it's not quite private training, but you're still getting a very similar experience. And it is a great way for us to be able to grow our business because we can fit more people in, in an hour, mm -hmm. if we're doing two on one rather than just one on one. And that increases our revenue overall. Um, how many trainers do you have in the facilities? Okay, so pre-COVID, um, I was managing uh, 12 to 14 trainers. Um, currently, I have three other trainers. Okay. So yourself and then three others. That's correct. Okay, and between the four of you, how many, how many clients are you working with? Right now, I personally am doing 10 to 15 a week. That is uh, opposed to pre-COVID. I was averaging 55 a week. Right now I'm doing between 10 and 15 trainings myself. My other trainers, the three of them put together, are doing another 20 to 30 a week. Okay, but between them, it's like split 20 to 30 clients. Correct. Between them. Okay. Now, does that put you in a pretty comfortable position or are you guys in the position where ideally you would like to have more clients coming into the gym yeah i um i almost did not survive uh covid again when i had my small empire uh, my bills were north of fifteen thousand dollars a month which didn't matter when i had um um forty thousand a month coming in but that forty thousand dried up overnight i mean completely before um um, Virginia shut me down. My clients all by themselves, 95% of them stopped coming in. And um, what did continue to come in were my bills. Um, so I um, came out of COVID, I survived. I sold uh, and leased out the, uh, <clears throat> my other studios, but uh, I owed one hell of a lot of money. And um, I'm happy to have survived that I know that money and I'm happy to pay it back. So now I've got to determine what I need to make to pay it back and still have a nice lifestyle. And I'm quickly getting there. So uh, I want to ramp up a little bit and be doing a little bit more business. Not a lot. Not a yeah. Lot. And, and I think that, you know, the idea of growth and expanding on that revenue doesn't have to mean 
hey, let's bring in 100 new people, right? There's a lot that we can do within what we have to increase increase revenue. Um, but talk to me a little bit about some of the things that you do to get new clients in the front door. You know, how, what does that growth process look like? How do you guys go out into the community to find new clients? Um, the, um, a, a small training business, um, is restricted in that the, the big, um, the big source of new clients is word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And um, I, all my clients know how reputable we are. And I'll give you an example of that. When they came to me as a new client, my best um, price point was buying 20 sessions at a time, $75 a workout. Um, uh, the, the one as you go in the beginning was $90 a session. Mm -hmm. So um, I did not ask anybody to hand me $1,500. I said, hand me $90 for the first three. You hand me 90, then 90, then 90. And then at the end of the third session, we'll talk about a package. At that point, um, you're gonna know me, you're gonna know how you fit into this and you'll be in a better position to make that um, big money decision. Um, most places I've seen corner you and want you to um, sign right there for the uh, largest amount. No, get to know me and a week after a few um, sessions, we'll talk about that. Now, uh, also um, the dirty little secret in my business is I keep nobody's money. So if somebody hands me a package of 20 and they stop coming in for any reason, I don't care what the reason is, and they have money in my hands, say so they, uh, uh, renewed a package of 20 um, and they got 15 sessions left. I don't care why they left, they're leaving. I'm holding on to 15 times 75, that's a lot of money. I cut them a check immediately. I don't mail it to them, I cut it immediately. If I don't know why they're leaving after I put that check in their hands, I ask them why. Yeah. 18 years of doing business on a yearly basis, that doesn't affect 1% of my business but it does put my name out on the street as being very reputable. They have no problem referring their family, their boss, their colleagues, their neighbors to me. Um, so they know nobody's gonna get hurt by me. Uh -huh. um, and that word of mouth, but um, again, I started off by saying that we're a bit restricted as being a very small, we're not a gold's gym, we're not in LA fitness. Um, so we don't have, thousands of people talking about how nice our facility is. I got tens of people, dozens, um, and they soon exhaust the people they know. So I have gone into some lead share. Okay. My biggest revenue is walking around town, keeping myself fit and talking to people. People know me and people like to talk about fitness and they'll corner me in Starbucks. Hi, you're Ralph Ferriola. I'd like to get in fit. I'd like to get in shape. And um, I love what I do and I like talking about it. So yes, I will gladly um, spend five, 10, 15 minutes talking to them. And that happens all the time. And um, uh, it happens on a daily basis. And then um, as I go through the days, the weeks, the months and the years, um, it keeps people coming into the studio.
Yeah. So it sounds like it's like a lot of word of mouth right now. You know, you're building these relationships with people by being out in the community. Word is spreading. People know who you are. And that's how you guys have gained clients, you know, so far. Correct. Um, every now and then I'm thinking about, um, for the first time in a long time, popping uh, an advertisement in the paper for um, the New Year's resolutions. I haven't done that in a while, but, um, and, and I'll get clients by that. My phone will ring. Um, advertising of that manner, um, my, my first um, um, uh People advising me, telling me that is um, the lazy, uh, expensive way to go. Marketing is the way you want to go. So um, I, I did spend 13 years in a lead share, and that worked very well. Mm -hmm. Okay, lead shares work well. Um, it's time, it's commitment. And then lead shares kind of uh, have a catalyst, what I was referring to. It forces you to get out and talk to, about yourself more because... Um, to maintain um, the rules within these lead shares, you have to meet with the people and then uh, they track it and um, they force you to get out and talk about your business. Yeah. Um, okay, so the lead share, and you mentioned something there that's interesting to me that you're thinking of maybe going out in, and doing the newspaper thing for the end of the year. My question to kind of caveat that is, have you guys utilized or thought of utilizing um, social media at all uh, right now? I see people doing it and killing it. Uh, my brain doesn't work in that direction. I've asked uh, a few trainers over the years. I seem to be computer savvy to do it for me. And they told me they could. They didn't carry me down the road too much. And um, I hear what you're saying. And um it's um, it's correct. What you're saying is correct. I haven't been able to find or achieve that yet. Yeah. My marketing people, um, and I, I've hired people to uh, hit me on social media, and um, they did it in a cookie cutter fashion that I think cheapened my brand. So not only was it expensive, but um, they were cheapening my brand. Um, yeah. So I backed away from that. I haven't found the right way to do it yet, Brooke. When you say that you had social media people that were cheapening your brand, what type of things were they running that, that made you feel like you were devaluing yourself? Cut and paste various things that they put up. You know, they'd want to post five days a week. And I say, no, too much. I don't want people getting burned out by me three times. But regardless whether they were doing it um, two, three, or five times a week, they were cut and paste things. And um, people can tell that, people can tell that. Um, and uh, my brain never worked in that direction. I should have really to make it work. I should have been um, doing the verbiage for that. I should have, have been you ever, Have you ever considered like the idea of working with somebody who does like that marketing side of things specifically for the fitness industry? Because I think that if we're not working with somebody in the fitness industry, that's when we see a lot of that kind of copy. Yes, yes. Ugly. Well, that's what I've tried before. I um, haven't found the right person yet. So, okay. and I haven't tried really hard. I could have tried much harder. So, yeah, it's there. Um, yeah, so 
my next question here for you to kind of turn things so we don't run out of time here uh, on the podcast is, Ralph, if you had to look at your business right now, what would you consider to be your biggest business-related bottleneck or challenge? Oh, my God. Um, so I need to spin it up again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to expand like I was. I know how to do it. I know how much work it was. Um, I'm 66 years old now. I still love doing this, but not that much of it. Um, I'm not going to put that much energy into it. I am uh, finding a challenge to be um, getting more business in here. Probably I want twice as much as I'm doing now. And um, through um, social media, through uh, starting another uh uh, lead share group, um, somehow get out there and do it. I need to revamp my website and that's got to really be done right. And then I've got to get with somebody that knows the buzzwords and how to get me in the top five, which I've enjoyed for most of the 16 years pre-COVID. Those, the people that did that for me don't exist anymore. I've got to go find that again. And that's not easy to find people that are really good at the website at a fair price and that get your results as far as keeping you in the five, top five searches. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and that's something I should have gotten to a year ago. <laughs> you know, I, I'm really good at, at, you know, keeping my fitness schedule going. It doesn't mean I'm really good um, at doing every aspect of business related to it. Some, some things I find challenging, that's been challenging. Yeah. So, um, I kind of want to, you know, to, to move from that and like flip flop it here is like, I'm such a visionary and I, I want to ask you, like, if I could hand you a magic wand right now, Ralph. And I said, all right, have at it. All your dreams, all your goals for fairy Yellow fitness came true. You reached them all. There's no limitations, no financial limitations, no nothing. What would that picture look like for you, Ralph? Oh my God, not much different than what I got now. You know, I, uh, I can honestly say that I've had a really, really dream life and I have survived that it because it's been a wild life. I, that's a whole other story, which we won't get into. Um, but um, oh, Brooke, more of the same, more of the same. I'm going to keep it going in a diluted fashion, which has to be easier than doing it in that amplified fashion that I was so successful at. Um, But if I can make this diluted fashion work for me, and if I could realize as much um, satisfaction and happiness as I did um, in the past 18 years, especially, but also the 24 years that preceded that, I loved my time in the corporate world. And um, at, 60, at 66 years old, not many people can really tell you that they loved and enjoyed their life. And uh, I want more of it. I'm not done yet. Yeah, I love, I love your passion behind what you do, Ralph. That's so important. And it definitely brings you a lot of fulfillment from the sound of it. You know, the training and, and, and running this business. Now, you know, is, is there really any goal that you're really working to achieve in, in the business right now that you could share with our listener? 
Yeah, again, uh, not to be redundant about it, but uh, um, post COVID getting started again, um, doing about twice as much business as I'm doing now. And mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to be doing that within the next six months. Yeah. Okay. Just for ca cash flow, um, you uh, need a certain amount of money to be a, a viable adult. I'm that guy that um, loves having the BMW hardtop convertible. I don't need the Porsche. So I don't need big chunks of money, but I do need um, a fair amount of money. Mm. And uh, that, that's my goal right now to get back to um, enjoying that um, BMW hard type top convertible type um, theme in my life. Yeah. Have some, have a little bit of fun. <laughs> no, I need to have a lot of fun. A, a little, lot of fun. A little bit of fun doesn't do it for me. No, <laughs> no, a lot of fun. Live a, a lavish, fun lifestyle. That sounds amazing. Ralph, what finally here, where can we go to find you online? Like, what is the website? If our listener is interested in getting a visual for Fairy Yellow Fitness, where do they go? To uh, fairyellowfitness.com. And that'll bring you to my website. Um, there is some, uh, not all the information on there is relevant. Again, I need to revamp it, but um, there is enough information to get a feel for who and what I am and what my rates are. My uh, rates are on there. They're published. They're no big secret. Um, Ferriolafitness.com will get you to me and I will Great. take it from there. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing, Ralph. And thank you for taking this opportunity to chat fitness business with me today. I love talking shop with other fitness business people. And it was great hearing from you. Um, and then listeners, thanks guys for tuning in. Don't forget if you want to stay notified about episodes in the future, hit like and subscribe. And if you would like to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, Fill out the link in the description. We will get in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph, and joining me on the show is Spencer from Spencer. Pilates Arts in Queens, New York. Welcome to the show, Spencer. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Joseph. Thank you. 100%. I am extremely excited to have you here on the podcast today to learn more about what you have going on at your Pilates studio. But before we dive into the nitty gritty business side of things, I'm curious because, you know, before the podcast, we spoke, you know, about, about some things. We've been in here for 15 years. So I'm mm -hmm. curious. What was the vision you had initially for this gym business? I mean, I guess when I was working at other places, I had, I had clients in this neighborhood and 
you know, I, I worked, I mean, Pilates, the type of Pilates I do deals with rehab, but I, there was no one else who had thought to open a studio in, in the middle of Queens, New York and thought it would be in any way a business success. Yeah. And, um, the first, the first year I opened this, I mean, I thought of a place that would look kind of like a beautiful artist loft with lots of light. And luckily now I have a giant loft and I got a beautiful view of the city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I had a vision, even when I was in my twenties, just getting out of school, I was going to make a really nice place in the middle of Queens. It's going to be a financial success. Yeah. I love that. So, you know, for the listeners understanding of what it is that you do, why don't you give them your elevator pitch, what you have going on at your studio? Obviously it's Pilates, but you know, who is it that you serve and what kind of classes do you give them? Is it more of like one-on-one group training? What is that? Like? I mean, we offer both one-on-one and group training. There are a lot of group lessons at my studio. I think there's close to 10 a day and the clientele can really vary. I, I really see one issue that I saw 15 years ago is that a Pilates class cost, I mean, a private lesson cost maybe 90 to hundred bucks. And, and uh, there weren't any group class options that I even knew of. So if I could offer a, a class somewhere between the 20 to $30 range, something that most anybody could do. And, you know, I'd get a group class set up and allow, I mean, you could do Pilates on the floor, but really the equipment gives people this incredible stretch and it gives people a way to do strength training. So it really provides a superior workout. If I could give that to people in a 20 to $30 price range, I, I, I bet that the studio was going to be a success right away. And that's what, that's what I did. That's what I did. I started with five machines yep. and they've grown to about maybe 15 to 20 machines in two different floors. There you go. Nice job, Spencer. That's awesome. Yeah, we, so- offer, we also offer some yoga, some bar, and some dance classes. Okay. okay so... So one-on-one, group training, yoga, dance, and bar. Is that correct? That's right. Awesome. Cool. So with all of those services there, I'm curious here, you know, how many people are you serving combined, you know, each month or each week at your studio? I'd say, hmm, that's a good question, but I'm going to bet about 100 people come through the studio a day. Okay. So, a day. so if you could do the math. Per month. I'd say... Two to three thousand people come in the studio each month. You know, Two I mean, to three thousand people every month. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'd say there's about there's a, there's at least seven hundred appointments every week, counting group classes and privates. Um, that that being said, some of the people are coming two or three times a week. <laughs> some of the regulars are coming yeah. are coming are coming more than once, you know, because they love they love fitness, you know. They, they they there's you know so that's that's. So yeah, not that. So really, the bulk of the the clientele is probably about two to three hundred people coming over and over again. That's probably true. Okay. Okay. So two hundred people right now. Let's just say that. You know, what is the overall size? I know that you said you have two, you know, floors of machines. So what's the size of this place, Spencer? I have. I kind of have one floor that's got about two thousand square feet. Okay. Another floor with a dance space that I'm sitting in right now. It has about five or six hundred, five or six hundred square feet space. So okay. yeah, and there's a well, there's the, the group classroom is about fifteen hundred feet. There's another private classroom with with another five hundred feet, and uh, the dance the dance bar studio dance bar yoga is another five hundred feet. 
Okay. So a bunch of rooms there, some clients. Sounds good. So I'm curious, you know, moving into the future here, new year's coming up pretty soon is 200 members somewhere you want to stop at, or do you want to bring some more people in? Of course you always need new people. I mean, also people, clients will move away and clients will sometimes, you know, have other commitments or, or sometimes their kids will, their kids will get in the way of their workout. Uh, there's, there has to be, a, even with a popular place, there has to be a constant way to get new members in the door, even if the studio is full. Yeah, I agree with you because, or, you know, yeah, you need to leave about 10 to 15% for new people to come in. There's got to be some space for people to come in. Yeah. And also with the, you know, like the attrition rates and churn and people leaving every month, it, it, it's really important to always have new people coming in. So I'm curious with your business right now, Spencer, what are you doing to, you know, aid in that growth process? What are you doing for marketing? What do I do for marketing? Yeah. Well, I hopefully try not to do too much, but uh, <laughs> I mean, of course you got to appeal to people in this neighborhood, the people living in this direct community. Yeah. I mean, you can offer special offers in January. You can offer people clients incentives if they give a referral. Um, there's different services that can potentially bring people in, like things like ClassPass. Mm -hmm. If you have 10 to 20% available space and you offer that to one of these other services, they can, they can potentially fill that space with new clientele. So at least there's always a shifting clientele, even though they might not pay the same price point as everyone else. That, that could be okay. That could be okay. Okay. So... So is it mainly like right now you utilize the word of mouth in your location? Well, yeah, there is that. I mean, uh, the word of mouth in my lo your location is number one. Yeah. Like Especially down in Queens. Yeah. There's a lot of people down there. I know. Yeah. There's a lot of people there and there's actually a big diversity of people. There are neighborhoods that are, you know, there are neighborhoods, of course, that are, are you know, client, clientele. Have, have, have lots of means and there's clientele, there's, there's, there's also communities of immigrants or newer, newer, newer people. Yeah. And the studio can potentially appeal to lots of different people, not just one group of people. That is the beautiful thing about Pilates is that you can serve everyone, basically. I mean, if you really want to. Yeah, basically you could start it anywhere. And I've seen studios open in, I mean, I think in any place, the hard part about opening a business is you have to think, is there anyone near me that is doing what I'm doing. And if you, if there is, then you should probably open somewhere else. Cause there's always a neighborhood. Mm -hmm. There's always, there's always competitors everywhere you look, especially in this industry. Cause I mean, almost everyone in the fitness space, we at least think of it once. Oh man, what would it be like to open up our own gym? We would love to do that. So some people, they just take the leap and do it. But yeah, I agree with you there. You got to make sure that, you know, where you're located is a good spot and that there's not too many competitors. But I mean, the best thing about having competitors is that you're able to compete and you're able to show how great your service is. Um, That's so, true. Competitors can be okay because sometimes, sometimes it makes you be more in your game and also you're you more focused. You get yeah. to differentiate yourself from someone else, just like the way two Italian restaurants can sometimes be side by side mm -hmm. and potentially both, both be full. It's exactly. true. Yeah. I mean, it's business at the end of the day, right? So back to the marketing here, you do, you know, word of mouth, you really utilize your location there. I'm mm -hmm. curious, do you also utilize social media or have you stayed away from that? I, I do utilize social media to a degree. I mean, of okay. course I can, I can highlight stories and clients and members and I can offer new classes and I, I have my own particular pursuits. If I'm doing something charitable or 
if I'm doing a community race that I think people in the community should know about or something like that, uh, you know, sure, I'll, I'll post that on social media. But uh, to a certain degree, though, I also believe there's too much social media. Okay. That you know, the thing the thing is, people people's word and face to face is really there is no replacement. Oh, it and is the best really, way in business. That's really the best way to bring in. So you don't want to be posting 24-7 on an Instagram platform. <laughs> <laughs> Word of mouth is the best way in terms of relationships because, as you said, it's face-to-face. And us humans, we love to build those connections. And the best part about Word of Mouth is it's free. The only thing that it takes is reliability and time. Sure. So I'm kind of you know curious here. With the social media, is it only the, you know, sharing the events and the charity stuff or, well, better question here, how much do you, like, how much do you utilize it? I honestly, you know, the pandemic did change the way things are run to a certain degree that, that we had to use the internet to communicate with people. But yeah, you're right. I post, I post events or I might even post personal thoughts or, uh, you know, what I'm thinking about when I exercise, you know, um, or to be honest, sometimes I, I might learn something, you know, if I, if I work out too hard and I, I, I strain my knee, all of a sudden I got a knee yeah, yeah. too. all of a sudden I got strengthening your knees as a plan for my clients, you know, it's not bad. I mean, it's like you learn the only way, to, the only way to learn about fitness is to honestly experience it to, to a certain degree, be involved as an athlete, but then but then, and as, the, as you do that, you naturally learn about how to deal with clients and people. And that's what's interesting. That's what's interesting, right? Yeah, it is. And being able to understand more about what it is that you're doing. And it's similar to, you know, gym ownership. The only way to, to learn is to either, one, work with someone, or two, just go head first and hope for the best, right? That's true. It's true. And anyone, the human body is so complex. I mean... Even after 20 years of working in this field, there's still a lot. There, there's still lots to learn. There's, I mean, there's teachers I, I, I work with that have worked just as long as me, and we don't agree on everything. But yeah. it's like you learn things by dialogue, by learning from people, by working on human beings. You know, exactly. that's the only way. And 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 also, I don't want to say that anybody makes mistakes, but you learn. You you have to learn as you do it. That's exactly. True. And the only way to learn is to fail as you said, make mistakes and to- I mean, clients, clients early on, you might not have, the first year teacher doesn't have the knack, I mean, of understanding what somebody that's a 20 year teacher has. Yeah, exactly. Cause there's just different experiences, different thoughts, education, knowledge. Um, so, okay. We discussed the marketing side there. I kind of want to dive into the sales process. So I'm curious here, Spencer, when someone either hears about your studio or sees it on the social medias, what does the process look like from new person, you know, new cold lead to new paying member? What does that sales process look like? Oh, I see. You mean, you mean if someone is, I see, for some, someone calling the business to becoming a member? Yeah. You know? So like them either walking in or I'm not sure how it works for you. So what does that sure. process look like? Well, if somebody comes in, you try to get them. I mean, I try to get people to get at least one one-to-one face-to-face session because I feel like you need to have that I mean if you're walking into a Pilates studio and see you've never been on the equipment all of a sudden you're on this equipment and there's lots of people moving around you 
it, it could be, it could be disorienting. So I offer a half price lesson, I think, okay. uh, to, to get people in. I, I, and I offer group class packages that are extremely discounted when you're starting out to get people in the door. Of course I do. I mean, you have to, I would think, I would think that getting, well, yeah, once people, once people are in the door and they experience it, that's really the only way to understand what's going on. Yeah. And even if they've been to another studio, another place, you probably do it differently. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Um, it's important to have that potential new client to experience what it is that they're getting into so they don't just get thrown into it. First session, they're like, what am I doing my body right now? What are these people doing, right? So is it you who handles that process or is it someone else in the business? Well, I have both online booking I, and I have a receptionist and uh, if I can see somebody personally, I will try to, but of course I can't see everybody. So I have to use the staff and I have to, I have to trust the employees, you know, with that process, you know. Okay. So it sounds like you have a team there. That's good. So I'm curious, what is your, you know, staffing look like? How many people do you have there working for you? I have about 10, I'm guessing 10 teachers, maybe. Okay. Part-time teachers. I have 10 part-time teachers who help me here. Okay. Uh, you know, about two or three different people come a day to teach, to teach uh, a shift of classes. Okay. So, so 10 part-time trainers, are those more of like 1099 contractors independent or are they like W2? I can't, I can't actually use 1099s anymore. They, they changed the law in New York. Oh, really? So I have to have everybody on the on the on the know, payroll on the payroll on yeah. the payroll paying the taxes <laughs> Dang, okay. doing all that doing all that trainer teachers trainers are now have to be employees interesting okay so and not every, every state has got different laws right yeah yeah each state does have different laws about that and i didn't know that they pushed over to the requirement for the w-2s but you know i'm kind of curious here spencer it sounds like we get a lot of people in the door. I love that. I mean, right in, right in Queens, big location. So I'm curious with this business, you know, what do you think is your biggest bottleneck that is holding you back from really achieving your long-term goals? Well, I mean, the biggest bottleneck. I mean, just like I was thinking about it, just like just like the, the Italian restaurant scenario, like, like people have to do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but really, really you have to, the, really the goal, the goal of me as a business owner is, is not just doing everything myself. It's, it's getting employees to do quality work that I don't have to, I, I don't have to oversee them and they make decisions. It's not necessarily the same decisions that I make, but and a really great employee can advance, can advance, why can advance the business. Mm -hmm. Sure. And, and finding somebody who's just right. Or somebody who even goes out of their way for for people is really is really infinitely important. I mean, I know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it's more of the hiring side, or well, hiring and also yeah, and delegating and getting getting people in their places. It's just like uh, I I don't know. Like let me think about it. When I actually before this business, I was a photographer, and I I remember there was a photographer that said that you have to get, you know, when you employ an assistant or somebody to help you, they might be really good at doing what they do. You have to let them do what they do. Mm -hmm. And 
that then once you once 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 you have that and you then once you trust them then potentially they can they can help you do a great deal but no one will be exactly the same as you exactly yeah yeah so you have 10 trainers right now you eventually want to bring in some more so i'm curious you know with those 10 trainers what have you done to bring them onto your team in terms of like processes that's a good question i mean some of them i meet and some of them some some of them have been students or friends of okay. course you know that eventually after getting to know people they they wind up they wind up just staying here and liking it so much they quit their jobs and stay here <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly i mean they I mean, that's a good sign. It means you're it's hard. It's hard. I've also gone, I've also gone on lists and tried to hire people like that. And it's extremely hard. Yeah. It is find hard. someone of high quality with it's a shot in the dark. Yeah. I mean, you it can do it. Extremely difficult to find a qualified person. That's not only, you know, experienced, but also who fits into your culture and what you want the company to become in the future, not what they want. Right. Yeah, of course, of course. It's hard. It's hard to find just that person. If you go, I mean, when you go out in like, you know, on a listing, a listing board and, and, you know, put in a playlist, yeah, it's a shot in the dark. And you're right. You never know who you'll get. But if you get somebody who genuinely cares about the business and who cares about building a community, you have essentially a gold mine. Yeah, you have a gem that you do not want to lose because you they have a gem that you need to hold on to. And, 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 and those people are, from what I understand, few and far between. Yeah, they, they are, especially nowadays. But, you know, I'm kind of curious here, Spencer. When you first came in this industry, what is that one piece of advice that you wish that you had, you know, moving forward? What's the one piece of advice? I would say, I mean, there's lots of advice. <laughs> Always, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I guess the thing is, it, it's hard to know because when I opened this business, I was like in my late 20s. I uh, was thinking about what to do and I knew that I loved fitness. Fitness, I knew that I loved helping people, but I really didn't know what it would take to run a business. I really didn't have any idea. And of course, when you start running things and something, you know, you hire somebody, it goes well, and you hire somebody, it doesn't go so well. There's no way to go around this process, I think. You have to make mistakes and afford that, you know, eventually, your vision, I mean, if clients are drawn to you because they, because they enjoy being around you and they enjoy something about you, they're also drawn to other people. They're enjoying this person or that person. You have to spot it. When somebody has, you know, if I want to be around somebody that is, uh, you know, really, really smart or really interesting or really funny or really, you know, something I'm like, wow, yeah. then other clients, the other clients are going to want that thing. Exactly. You know, so, so it creates the community feel there, which is important for not only the connections with the people, but for the business, because the more you make people feel good, the more they want to come. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Spencer, you know, we are running short on time here. So I think it's a great place to start to wrap things up. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on your social medias and your website? I, uh, my website is spencerpilates.com. And I think, I think that, that I'm in Forest Hills, Queens, and I think you'll be able to find me lots of, really very easily. <laughs> I hope. Okay. okay. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you for sharing that. And Spencer, I want to thank you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your insights and your story, you know, of being a Pilates studio owner. It's awesome. 
Um, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, until next time, Gym Lords, out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is Rex from Element Fitness coming to you from London. England. Rex, how are we today, sir? What is going on? I'm doing good, Joe. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to have you. I always enjoy the international aspect of this conversation. I think when we started this podcast, we exclusively brought gym owners from the States on, but there's a lot to be learned in a a compare and contrast sort of setting as far as how you guys operate in the UK or other countries that we could potentially get on. So I'm excited to dig into this for context here, Rex, and, and for the people listening who aren't familiar with Element Fitness, tell us a little bit about this. When you describe Element Fitness or what it is that you do, what do you tell people? Sure thing, Joe. Um, so the way I break what we do down is very simple. I call it fun, effective fitness for all. And what I mean by this is We deliver group exercise classes and small group personal training that is both scalable. So any age range, ability level, you name it, we're able to cater for them, work with them and help them. Uh, And we do this through resistance training sessions. We do this through cardiovascular workouts. And we also do mixed modality sessions as well that might be more akin to things that are familiar in the CrossFit community uh, and that functional fitness space. So I've certainly drawn from a lot of the things that I've experienced through my life in fitness in the industry, cherry pick the things that I loved, that I saw have huge positive impacts on many people's lives, and really tried to meld those things together and deliver it in a way that was both very engaging, uh, but created a space for the community that I work in to come together to socialize, have fun, mm-hmm. as well as do something good for their health and their well-being. Can't beat that. I appreciate the description on that. And so as I understand it, 
this is a, a blending of multiple different camps within fitness. It's not, we do this and this only. We pull from all of these different philosophies to combine it into the element fitness branding. And it's something for everybody, right? You said scalable across the board. We don't yeah. have, this is the type of person that we work with. It sounds like you work with a number of different individuals. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's a reflection of just where we are. Um, I live, you know, living here in London, uh, it's an extremely diverse place to live mm -hmm. and something that I cherish very much. And in response to that, I needed to create a program that could support as many people as possible. Obviously, we can't be 100% successful with this, but I set that target for myself. Um, and I think if you hit, you know, 80% of your population, for example, <laughs> you're doing a really good thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely in response to where we are uh, and also a response to the things that I have come across through my sort of training um, and various job roles that I've had and really kind of breaking down what it is about those things that I think are really valuable and worthwhile and essentially getting rid of things that I don't see any value in and I see more as a gimmick or I see more as just a fad. Yeah, just um, as important, right? Yes, yeah. So with those sort of two things in mind, that is where we have ended up. Uh, but also, Joel, I think really if you were to look at what we were doing in 2019 to what we're doing today, that has changed also. And that is a really important part of, I think delivering on you know your sort of higher purposes is always going back to things asking why you're doing it you know going through that process again does it Certainly. still have the same value you know what's changed if it has changed why is it changed and being very um open to admitting when things aren't working and letting go of them <laughs> and like, like one thing very, that's healthy. very very difficult for our industry so yeah um so yeah like just from a from a purely what happens in the gym day to day it's really changed for me in the last few years and I'm really proud of that actually as well I think that's good it's healthy <laughs> that's a that's a tremendous place for us to open our conversation up uh and, and so you mentioned 2019 being the origin of this Rex mm -hmm. with some some hindsight now three years in what's been your favorite part about running a business like this and what's been the hardest part about running a business like this wow okay probably got quite a few things but right off the top of the dome i guess my favorite part is the people i just think if you're gonna do this sort of stuff you've got to like people it sounds like such a basic thing to say uh, perhaps a little bit obvious but you know i love people i like being around people i like having relationships and friendships um and when you're doing something that is inherently positive for those people it's an extremely um rewarding relationship it, it continually grows and, and that for me is my favorite part of all of it definitely is the individuals um the put whole... that over now <laughs> <laughs> it's not all sunshine and rainbows no because the the rough stuff is multitudinous. There's a lot of really th 
things that I don't like, but I really struggle with as well. Um, and I think ultimately I would say I'm, I'm not really a business person. Not really. Okay. It's, so things like learning how to manage money, learning how to raise money, learning how to um, plan ahead, you know, be a good planner. Things like this have been brutal lessons. Brutal. Yeah. And I, I don't think you're alone in that boat. I talk to a <laughs> lot of people and I think that the reality is for those of us that, that wanted to open up a gym or be business owners at some point, we 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 gravitated towards fitness because of the first aspect of what you said the people the training the results the joy mm. that it creates i have never met one person that said they opened up a gym because they wanted to be on a computer on quickbooks managing their accounting or on facebook ads manager running a campaign these are our aspects and and necessary to a business like this but certainly not the most exciting components and <laughs> I, I will echo that sentiment i do not find the joy in it but i've learned the necessity of it and yeah. i'm okay with that being that way there's a there's a i think a nice thing about being someone who enjoys fitness is that you often get better at being uncomfortable i think it's one of the good things about training is you become it's not like a hardening thing it's just that you're you're often challenging yourself you're putting yourself in situations where you're really demanding a lot of your mind and body and i think that that can translate and correlate to other things and sometimes if i have to sit down and do something that i'm really not excited by to me it's like right okay this is like interval training on an air bike all I have to do is start getting my reps in. And once I start, you know, then that momentum is key. And I think that really it's, I'm, I'm, I'll be frank, I'm not often motivated to do those tasks, but I'm disciplined enough to kind of start and get on with it. So I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that discipline aspect that you can build in the gym for yourself can, can help you out in other walks of your life i agree uh and and so all things are related but in terms of where we go from here rex i you mentioned one thing along the way we want to serve as many people as we can we want to share this idea when it comes to fitness with as great of a population as we can the model that made sense for you group training and small group personal training What's worked for you from a, a marketing or a lead generation standpoint, just to get people aware of the business and, and potentially through the doors? Where have you had success so far? Um, I think certainly word of mouth is really underrated. So in a digital age where we have a lot of powerful marketing tools at our disposal now that allow us to speak to multiple people, kind of like we are today you know having a chat on a podcast where many people can listen in there's all of these things are, are out there and that being said i think the first thing i'd say where i've seen success is i treat every single person with the same level of respect kindness uh and 
I think that that has helped a great deal because of the positive experiences people have received. They have then spoken well of it to others. And this has helped grow a very organic membership base and rooted us in the community in a way that doesn't feel superficial. I don't feel like I've come from the outside or from the above. Like this is, here we are, you know, flashing, shiny and what have you. We're, I think, probably a little bit more under the radar. Um, and I think that's actually in some ways been to our to our power. So um, perhaps if I was being really critical, I'd say a little bit too under the radar. I think that uh -huh. we could we could do a lot better at championing the things that we have been successful in. Um, and I don't know if that's like a, just a personal thing that maybe I'm not very good at that sort of self-promotion aspect, whether that's sure. something that I've got to get out of my own way regarding, or if it's uh, a little bit to do with a deficit in the way that I've been running the business and that more time needs to be invested in marketing how that gets done who yep. you can involve in that process yep. so um certainly like i say word of mouth has been massive i think the other big thing as well is creating experiences has been a big one so whenever we do an event uh, that has maybe a social aspect to it it just seems to have such a big ripple effect you know whether you do something where you're able to raise money for a local charity whether you can uh you know connect to other local businesses support their teams by offering them workouts things like this that i would say are like i say less digitalized and more about um face-to-face -face interaction and, and building connections in the community has been really really powerful for us um yeah. and something that i would really encourage everybody to explore um so yeah that that stuff for me so yeah so a couple of different sources as i yeah. gather first things first word of mouth everybody that owns a gym will take any lead that comes through that that's typically a high quality lead they already know who we are they know someone involved in the business in some capacity. It's natural to want to expand a business that way. I think we encourage, like, that's great. We want to have as many of these as we can. You followed that up with, we haven't been as diligent in quote unquote formalized marketing or self-promotion as we could be. Uh, but I don't know if, I think a lot of our industry struggles with that, if I'm being honest. I think, as you alluded to earlier, it's sort of the self-control aspect of this. If I know <laughs> conditioning is a struggle in my fitness, I, I probably should get on that air bike. But do I want to? No. I know that I should, but do I absolutely want to? No. I think if we were to, to compare it even to something else, for people that walk in on day one, for you, we're not gonna throw high level skills at them. We're not gonna have them snatching a barbell overhead. And I think that marketing 
needs to be seen as a skill set in our industry more than anything else. The more time we put into it, the better we're going to get at it. But we have to kind of come in with the understanding that we may not be the best of the best on day one. Do you know what oh, I yeah. mean? And I also would, I would say recognizing one's own strengths helps us see where the deficits are. So if I am a big believer basically in not wasting time on things that I'm not any good at. But if I can find and work with people who are good at it and who are strong at it, then it's my job as a business owner and leader to basically find them and bring them into the team mm-hmm. um, and get them enrolled in what it is we're trying to do and be pulling in the same direction. And that really, I think, comes down to your resources as well. Um, so one of the big, big challenges, of course, if you're especially a, an independent business is being able to afford to do those things and that's again quite a big challenge you know marketing and things like that is often some of the most costly aspects of running a company so and that's because it's important you know things that are important often cost a lot of money um so what we've done often is work with people on like a subcontractual level so We'll work with people, like you pointed out, to do like Facebook ads. You might Mm -hmm. work with somebody on a short-term project, and that's a way of getting a lot of benefit and bang for your buck at the same time. So if you know that cash flow is going to be an issue, you know, don't don't sign yourself up to some massive agency who are going to want monthly subscriptions from you um, to sort of churn out your ads and stuff. Be, be a bit more selective, I would say. Cherry yep. pick people that you think you have something in common with and you can speak to each other in a way that you're like, yeah, great. Like, we're on the same page here. And then, you know, look to work with them for a couple of months, maybe three months or something. Yep. And that way, yeah, I think that's maybe more manageable from a financial standpoint um, and also yep. getting some great marketing work done. That's a tremendous perspective here, Rex, and and one that doesn't get addressed as often as it should. And for small businesses like this, which in the grand scheme of things, it is, yes. we don't have unlimited marketing resources. This isn't Apple. This isn't Pepsi. We can't just throw money at the wall and see what sticks. We need to be a little bit more strategic. Hell yeah. Yeah. And and to bring the earlier point back, if we don't know what we're doing, this can be a scary leap to make, yeah. right? It, it's uh, and, and it makes sense. It, it explains why marketing gets avoided a lot of the times. But I want to move the conversation along here, Rex. When somebody reaches out to you or, or to Element interested in coming to the gym in some capacity, we have a lead. What is the sales process typically like for them to eventually sign up as a member? So we've got a few different ways in, uh, and these sharpen, I mean, so let's say we have a, a walk-in. This would be, you know, not perhaps that often, if I'm honest, but, and this is a lot to do with geography here. So for context, where my studio is based, uh, we're on a high road. This is like a long, long road that is more like a through line for people to get from one end to another. So you have to attract people who are wandering past. So something visual <laughs> on the outside is key. So if someone's wandering by, they see your, you know, your signage, they see maybe 
uh, a few very tight, pithy phrases on a poster, stuff that just kind of speaks to them, then you'll get that person through the door. And then it's all about that first impression. You know, how you greet someone, uh, that is going to really make such a massive difference. And it's something that I'm very, um, I think probably com comes all the way back from working in retail and things like that. Oh, yeah. Like how you greet your guests in a shop and things is super important. And, it, and I carry the same approach to people who come into the gym. Yeah. So a very warm welcome. Um, I think knowing people's names is the most underrated thing. If you it can sounds learn, so silly to even have to yeah, say that, but I know. Just learn their name, and like, then you yeah. can really address them and speak to them. I think that that's just such a massive, simple yeah. step. Um, and then for me, it's actually really tactile. In that, I think people need to see and kind of feel what it is you're doing a little bit. So, if you have like a reception space, like, try and get them into the gym room. Like wherever your actual spaces that the working out happens in, you've got to get them in there to see what it is that you do. Show them. Because if, if you just use words, they might not even be that familiar. They might not do any exercise and have no idea what you're talking about. And it yep. might as well just be complete jargon. So I think having that sort of um, immediacy of show so they can see, so you can explain. And it's really just uh, ticking off the different ways, I think, that people essentially learn. You're going to have people maybe who are very visual, very oratory, or, you know, they, they need to sit and have a conversation with you, you know. So kind of respecting that. So that's, that's the kind of walk-in lead process. And then from there, it's all about the follow-up. You know, you've got to, I think, in a very non- I mean, I'm certainly not a salesy person. I don't really have that background at all. But I think making clear what options are available to people and how they can access those options is really key. So you need to be able to, in as few steps as possible, get them through, you know, maybe it's going through the booking software. Maybe it's, you know, clicking that link that takes them to their introductory offer, things like that. And really then having, like I say, a follow-up process is important. So my colleague, Jen, who is our general manager, she's amazing because she's very proactive at reaching out to those people. So say that they came in, they had a look around, they want to do an introduction. So they book their first three sessions or they book their first 20 days, whatever they choose to do. It's then about that follow-up, you know, checking in with them because you don't want somebody to have that introduction, have that great experience, but then lose the impetus to do the next thing. So you've got, if you've just invested all of that time, you, you know, you've got to know them, you've coached them through their first few workouts, they're loving it. You also do need to remind them like, okay, great, you're doing so well. And if this is something you're really enjoying, then let's make it a part of your daily routine. And mm -hmm. we can do this via... And that's when you've got to then, yeah, say like yeah. is our monthly subscription yeah. and why, and really give them the why. If, you, if you're not able to say why something is working or why it's good, then you probably shouldn't be doing it. And I think that education thing is 
super important. Now, obviously, if that's diff it's slightly different, if you're getting inquiries via your website, you know, maybe there's a contact us page. So you're getting email inquiries or you're getting phone inquiries. Then there's a slightly different process involved because you're not able to have that immediacy of the, the, the look and show. Yeah. This is but the goal happening. being to get, get them, them to that point eventually yeah, anyway. Right? Exactly. I make the analogy a lot of like purchasing a car. Mm -hmm. If I was just, if you didn't know much about cars and I was just telling you about a, a Ferrari, but you didn't know much about cars and then I told you about, I don't know, a Toyota after that, in your mind, you might be hearing the same thing. It's got four tires, it drives, they run on gas, tremendous. But if you are not sitting in the driver's seat feeling this, as you alluded to, with the person needing to see and be in the training atmosphere, there's really no understanding, right? Sometimes we need that, that visceral experience of being in the seat. And from there, I mean, you mentioned it's not a tremendous, and I think our industry gets a really bad rap for being pushy, salesy, technique-based kind of people. It's not schemey. We're not trying to trick people into something, but it's our responsibility to be able to explain in simple terminology, you're looking to accomplish this. Here's the best way that I see fit. Which option is going to make the most sense for you and letting them make a decision. I think it's a it's it's based on integrity right it's based on our own belief in what we do we don't need to trick somebody into it no i agree i think that um perhaps there's a hangover from a slight kind of bygone era of the commercial gym approach <laughs> and that has really been a a bit of a belt sort of a, a burden i think for owners because there is that reputation of getting people signed up into something that essentially, and I'm I'm ashamed that this is actually still true, that people get signed up into a long-term contract for a gym that they basically don't use. And the per like the people who have sold it to them have really no intention. They don't really care if they're being used or not. They prefer um, that they don't use. Exa exactly. So there is still gyms, and they're they're very very near me, and I'll obviously leave any names. in the states as well. Yeah. And really, their business model is based on exactly what you just described, Joe. That they would like to sign up as many people as they can, only have a certain amount of them or a percentage of them actually going in and using the facilities, and this is a complete dereliction of duty if you if you're working i believe in the health and fitness industry you know my sole job is to help people become healthier and fitter so the only way i can do that is if they're actually attending the classes and actually attending their sessions so this idea that you create a business model that is based on the opposite is pretty galling and um, I find it amazing that it, it it's, exists still. So I think we perhaps also have a little bit of um, a job to do yep. is to demystify what exercise is for people, to really make it something integral to them. Yeah. Um, 
and mm-hmm. hold the line of yeah of expectations right? yes absolutely and i think that um you can only do that through creating authentic connections with people um you can only really have those sorts of conversations when there's a decent amount of trust that's been established Um, because ultimately you're talking about stuff with people that might be very challenging for them they could be coming to you and be essentially in crisis and you've got to hold that and be like right I'm going to be here for this person and we're going to be taking a quite a big journey with them um and it's It's bigger than sets and reps it is it's a fragile thing and it it hurts me when I see folks you know trudging off to a gym that they feel you know uninspired and unmotivated and uninterested because you know being being fit being healthy I mean it's it's I'm biased. I'd say it's everything. <laughs> this is this is needed now more than ever, given right. the, yeah. the time that the world is in. But anyway, Rex, I mean, our conversation has essentially been where do we get leads from and, and how do we turn them into members? But mm-hmm. as you forecast this out, we've been doing this for three years. Three years from now, what's your goal for Element? Where do you see this whole thing? So... From a background perspective, I have a few things in the pipeline. One is a new premises. I think that I'm now at a stage where I want to improve on what I'm providing my members. And I think that's key. I think that, you know, if people are investing in you, you're obviously investing in them with their with their training and with your coaching and things like that but i think that on a bricks and mortar level i'm looking to build out a new gym i think that that is deserving for the community yeah um which is a conversation that. that could take us hours and hours oh, and i'm sure yeah that we, we could go on we to can that explore every time. aspect of that yeah um and then i think also if we're going three years i see another space in another part of London. And I think that expansion unbelievably is, is in our vision. Uh, and my business partner and I work on that. And that is definitely where we're headed. Um, you know, London is a very big city. It's got a very dense population. And there is, I believe, not the levels of saturation that I think you guys in the States perhaps have experienced I think in terms of the fitness culture, we're a little bit further behind, in fact. Yeah, so potential. Um, yes, I do. As well. I do. Absolutely. So growth is on the horizon. And I think also I envisage um, diversifying what I'm doing as well. I'm very lucky that I'm married to a wonderful yoga teacher who I'm really proud to be able to work with. And I think that if you can provide different ways to engage your community whether that is through yoga whether it's through pilates whether it's but again it's got to be things that you believe in it's got to be stuff that you have an authentic connection to so i'm not just saying do it for the sake of it i'll jump onto the next most trendy thing you see but if there's something that you really believe in that you think can help people and then you figure out a way of facilitating that 
then go for it. And that's something that I'm definitely going to do. Um, and I'm really excited to bring that to my community. So yeah, fitness is a, a unique industry because it can be a launching pad for other things. There are so many tangible offerings that we can offer. And so I think that that's, that's an interesting mindset for you to have as you move forward. And it sounds like growth is the name of the game in multiple directions. So Rex, like I said, uh, we're running a bit shy on time here, but we'll have to get you back on to talk about expansion in the future and what that's going to look like in the, the short bit of time we have left. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more about Element and is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go? Yeah, absolutely, Joe. So our website is elementfitnesslondon.com. There's loads of great information about what it is that we do, what our approach to the methodology is. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on socials, best place is Instagram. So check out Element Fitness London on, on the gram, as the kids would say. Um, and beyond that, become a uh, subscriber to Gym Lords because I would love to come back and chat more with you. And I think that what you're doing about creating conversations to support business owners is really so important because I've been very lucky to have a couple of mentors in my life, but I know a number of people don't have that level of support and may That's well be feeling, yeah, may well be feeling a bit like I don't really know what to do, I don't know where to go next. Uh, and if you know there's people out there like that, know that you know I think fitness is great because it's an international language like that you can learn you can take it anywhere and we can all help each other um so yeah <laughs> connect with rex and the element team on those platforms that he mentioned rex this has been a tremendous amount of fun I, I really appreciate your willingness to to give an insider's look into how your business functions and where it's going in the future just as important and so for now, that's all the time we have, but I thank you and I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you very much, Joe. Great talking with you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.